The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Uh, we've been on Voice America now over 10 years, and I have other radio shows as well. And this program is all about turning your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities. And my mission really on the planet is to bring forth amazing educators and pioneers and experts and authors and icons to help you do just that. So I'm kind of the catalyst pollinator, and today's no exception. My guest is Mark Matusik. He's a best-selling author, teacher, and speaker whose work focuses on personal awakening and creative excellence through transformational writing and self-inquiry. He brings three decades of experience as a memoirist, editor, interviewer, survivor, activist, and spiritual seeker to his penetrating and thought-provoking work with students. And his newest book is When You're Falling, Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living. And he will be presenting a workshop at Kripalo in Massachusetts from October 31st to November 2nd. And that's going to be actually 2015, but it's never too late to start learning about this. So um, do that, and you can certainly listen to this interview, which will be logged on and categorized by voiceamerica.com. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Patricia. It's good to be here. Thank you. Tell us your website again for your book. Sure, it's www.markmatousek.com. All right, and you can probably also look up When You're Falling, comma, Dive. Yeah, When You're Falling, Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living. And by the way, Patricia, I am doing something there in two weeks in Kripalu as well. Oh, okay. All right, so that that would be then at the end of October. Yes, exactly. All right, so it might be the same dates that I had here. All right, so folks, again, um, opportunity to work with Mark at Capallo in Massachusetts. So first of all, tell us about why the title of the book, When You're Falling, Dive. Well, you know, over many years I learned that the primary uh, obstacle to well-being and to healing and to transformation in times of, of real darkness and difficulty is the resistance that we, that we have against change. Uh, so I had the image of, of uh, you know, you're falling, you feel like you're plummeting feet first, you have no, no self-direction or determination, but if you dive, then you have all the forces of the universe behind you, you know, to help you move uh, more gracefully where, where you're going. So I, I love the image of, of a dive, uh, and that's how life feels to me a lot of the time and to many people that I work with. 
get to the point where they're going to have to look at change. They get scared because where they are, although it may not be perfect and it may not even be great or good, is comfortable. And what, you know, you know that old saying, the devil you know is better than the one you don't. Address that. No, it's absolutely true. And, and that's one of the, I spoke to many people, sort of great survivors, uh, master survivors uh, for When You're Falling Dive. And the, the one refrain that, that they all brought up in some way or other was, if you're not willing to see your life differently after great change or uh, you know, major, major transition. Uh, you're, you're not going to be as imaginative, as creative, as, as flexible, mm-hmm. as fluid as you might mm-hmm. be in your, in your changes. Um, that if you, one, one guy said to me, it's like a fire and you're going to come out gold the other side or you're not going to come out at all. Uh, and, and so that, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. People may, are often uh, terrified of, of, of change. But life is change. So to say that you're afraid of change is to say that you're afraid of life. Uh, right. I mean, I always, now, say that how, I always say that how you meet loss is, is truly is how you meet life. Very interesting. So what do you say to people who say to you, well, Mark, I, I, I know the change. I want to see it. I visualize it. I'm seeing it. But it's not happening, and I'm very discouraged. Uh, persistence is everything. Persistence, focus, and intention are really everything. Because life obviously doesn't happen on our timetable. Um, mm-hmm. But but what I have found is that if I am making the if making the effort, if I'm showing up, if I'm practicing whatever I need to do to put myself in the way of positive change, mm-hmm. then even though it hasn't happened yet, there's a gratification in knowing I'm moving in the right direction. So it's not about getting there and being you know being you know completely uh, permanently happy. It's about having the sense that we, that our orientation is positive and that we're moving in a direction that makes us feel good, you know, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Mm. So one of the things you talk about in your book is how to reimagine your personal story. And how do you do that? Do you do that through storyboards, through visualization, through wishing? How do you do that? Well, the way I teach, I I do it through writing. Uh, I've been doing it as a memoir writer for many years and now as a teacher. Uh, and when people put down their story, if you ask them to, for instance, describe yourself to someone who doesn't know you and then put it aside for an hour and look at it, uh, you get a pretty good idea of the gap between the, the myth that you tell yourself and, and who you really are. So the first thing is to realize that you are not this story, that every life is a work of fiction, and that we're making it up all the time. You know, we're connecting the dots, we're interpreting, we're investing meaning, but that's, that's all an inside job. And when you see that, uh, it's not that we can live without stories. I mean, we are a story, the, the storytelling ape. Uh, but we can realize that who we are essentially is not that story, and that gives us an enormous amount of breathing space uh, and, and, you know, and, and imagination. Now I want to read something from your book. I find this fascinating, and I'd like you to comment on it. This is not the average person. You write, in the decade after quitting my job at interview, I lived in 28 different locations, not counting extended road trips and short-term squats, camping out in retreat centers, spare bedrooms, houses, sublets, sport utility vehicles, anywhere I could find a cheap bed and a teacher who claimed to have something important to say, from Frankfurt to Philadelphia, and then you go on and on. And my question is, this was, and you write, going down, you say, spiritual seeking was the most intense love affair I've ever had. Comment about that and what that all taught you. 
Oh, that, I mean, that, that gave me my life, truly. I mean, I was in my late 20s when I, I received what was supposed to be a death, uh, you know, a death notice, um, uh, a, a, a fatal disease. And I went on this long, long, decade-long uh, decade uh, search. And it was, they were terrifying years. They were, uh, but they were also the most exhilarating years in my life. And I'd never felt... So uh, awake and and alive and and feeling like I was I was learning so so very much. So when I realized I was a seeker, it, it gave me not only a, a sense of purpose, uh, but it really gave me my work as a, as a writer. Before that, I had been a you know I had worked in the magazine world and I had been a journalist, but but I didn't feel satisfied uh, when I plugged into this seeking world uh, and that and this whole community of people who mm. whom asking questions is a reason to to live mm-hmm. uh, I, I felt I felt like I found my tribe uh, and when I found mm. my tribe I, I had a sense of belonging uh, not only as a human being but also as a writer uh, mm. that I had never had before so how do you take all of that and how do you now transform that to help other people really find their paths because a lot of people won't do what you did but what can they do oh well let's see first of all i did it uh externally simply because i was 28 uh and single and uh you know and i needed to get out of new york and so i had my own reasons for doing that but seeking is a is an inside job and seeking isn't you don't have to go anywhere to seek you know the first the, the real clue the big aha is to discover self-inquiry uh, and what happens when we when we ask ourselves ancient questions the teachers have been recommending we ask ourselves for millennia you know who am i for instance mm. you know and and that just uh practicing that uh writing about it if that's your way uh there are many different ways of of, of doing self inquiry uh, it, it it plugs you into this energy that i was looking for on the road i mean what ended up happening for me i realized that i was running away uh, I thought that I was running towards something, and what my big aha was when I had to come home uh, and just practice plain old kindness and and you know get the ideas of nirvana out of my head and try to have a relationship that kind of thing so so my big lesson was to dig in one place uh, so there 's no no need to go on a marathon <laughs> marathon <laughs> journey like like I did that 's for sure you also write, and I love this sentence i 'd love you to explain it. You write, satisfaction becomes an art form. What do you mean by that, Mark? Well, it means that in any situation, and this is my definition of optimism. Optimism, an optimist isn't someone who, does, who believes that bad things won't happen. An optimist is someone who recognizes that in any situation, there's an optimal way, aside from extreme physical suffering or torture. You know, I'm not being mm-hmm. But aside from that, there's a way through any situation that, that's the, that is, causes minimum harm and maximum uh, satisfaction, growth, you know, well-being. Uh, so that you learn even when things are going, when you're in rough times, you know, and you've, you're in grieving or you're, you're in deep loss or, or terror, uh, you learn that even in those moments there are ways to, for, there are ways to take care of yourself and there are ways to make mm-hmm. yourself, you know, relatively happy. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that in the present moment there are ways, there, there's generally a path to feeling okay. Uh, it won't, yeah. may not be terrific. But, but that's what I mean by satisfaction there, the sense of even though things are hard, I'm glad to be alive. 
you know, my morale. I have a sense. I have morale uh, and and a willingness to you know to keep going. That's what I mean by satisfaction. Yeah, and you know, I have found that you know when I stop and really feel those feelings, whether it's pain or whether it's loneliness or whether it's sadness. What or grief, when I really stop, though, it's very uncomfortable to sit with that. And I've learned how to do it. But uh, I can understand why people really go for the drugs and for the addictive issues because it's really not easy to do that, even though the outcome is very positive. Talk about that for a minute. No, absolutely. I mean, no one, first of all, no one said it was going to be easy. And the other thing is that you know that 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 in the same way that, that that we have to struggle to to become an artist to 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 love well to you know to to be an activist uh, we have to struggle our I'm own. having trouble hearing you Mark and you're moving around so uh, I I'm you every other word go ahead Okay okay I was I was just saying that transformation comes at a cost mm. uh, and but the cost yes. is a joy to pay because we're getting such you know, we're getting we're getting such you know dividends back, um, but but it, it's it's hard. It's hard work, and to to accept that thing that that things don't come things that matter don't come without effort, uh, mm-hmm. and to kind of embrace the struggle of that, uh, and to you know know that know that uh, you know transformation isn't for sissies, like I say right. in that book. Right. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are talking to my guest, Mark Matusik. He's the author of When You're Falling Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living. Mark Matusik is the best-selling author of Sex, Death, Enlightenment, A True Story, The Boy He Left Behind, A Man's Search for His Lost Father, and his new book, When You're Falling Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living. He's a popular speaker and writing coach. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the stories in the book, in terms of these lessons in the art of living, and then how can you use loss as a form of liberation? How can you start anew? What are some of the tools you can use for self-transformation? You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Join Dr. Linda Iniguez every week for the Shrink Wrap Forum. This show discusses topics that you wouldn't normally hear in today's media. In the forum, virtually no topic is off limits. We invite you to join us and participate or dive into the stream where we value independent thought, talk to those people that are making a difference, and explore ideas considered outside the box. The Shrink Wrap Forum can be heard live every Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back, and I am Patricia Raskin. And my guest is Mark Matusik. His book is When You're Falling, Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living. And Mark is a well-known workshop leader. He will be at Quapalo, I believe, October 31st to November 2nd, 2014. So you can take a look at the website, and the website would be markmatusik.com. Correct, Mark? That's is that right. right? Yeah. All right, M-A-R-K-M-A-T-O-U-S-E-K.com. And again, the book is When You're Falling, Dive. So... Mark, you really help people with transformation. You know, some people blossom through adversity and other people fall apart. And so what you do is you help people in crisis and and really to look at where that is, embrace it, and then move on. So my question is, first, pick a story in your book that really inspired you. I know they all did, but pick one that you, you know, really stands out that you think our listeners would enjoy hearing. Okay, yeah, that is, it's tough because there are so many amazing people in the book. There's one guy I interviewed, uh, he was a photographer. Uh, he was a fairly well-known kind of middling commercial photographer in New York uh, who lost his vision. He lost 98% of his vision. Wow. Uh, and his life, as you can imagine, completely, completely fell apart. Uh, and he was suicidal. And he had this, this epiphany that he could either comp- give up, check out, and, and, and you know, just end it all, or he could become the world's first blind photographer. Wow. So what he did is he created, because yeah. he, he has 3 or 4% of his vision left, he created a means of taking photographs with this enormous camera uh, with mm. the help of an assistant. Now, anyway, P.S., he became... Uh, a world-class art photographer. He's wow. now extremely well-known. His name is John wow. Duckdale. And wow. he, was, he's, he was one of the most inspiring people I've ever spoken to. And what John said to me, I'll never forget, he's the one who said, you're going to come out gold on the other side, or you're not going to come out at all. Wow. But the other thing he said was that vision and sight are not the same thing. And mm. that was so profound to me. Yes. You know, that you can, yes. lose, the, the, you can lose the sensory mm-hmm. apparatus. You can lose the mm-hmm. trappings. But vision is something that's internal and can't be taken Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Well, and we talk so about beautiful. that. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that. We say, what is your vision? We don't say, what is your sight? Exactly. Like if I say to you, what's your purpose in your vision, Mark? Not what is your purpose in your sight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Tell us a, a another beautiful, one. A beautiful, beautiful guy. Very, very inspiring. Yeah. Tell us another one. Pick, pick uh, a woman well, this time. The, well, the other one would have to be Stanley Kunitz, who was the poet laureate of the United States. And I first interviewed Stanley when he was 99. And wow. he died when he was 102. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stanley was, he, by his own definition, a, a, a master of self-reinvention. You know, mm-hmm. he had been, he had had a hellish life. I mean, things happened to him, just unbelievable things happened to him. But he always used his, 
his wounds, uh, his, his crises, his conflicts, as grist for his poetry. And he mm-hmm. said every day he wakes up, he said, I don't wake up as a, as a centenarian, I wake up as a poet. You know, and he had this incredible freshness to him, this organic freshness to him. I always thought when I was with Stanley, I always thought about being with, with, with a flower, you know, something that was, there was something so organic about the way he approached uh, his life. And you could see that in spite of things falling down around him sometimes, um, he never lost, like John Degler, he never lost that vision of, of life as sacred and whole and beautiful and full of potential. Uh, and I think that that really truly is what gets us through the, the hardest times, is that sense that life is worthwhile, that even in, in its ugly, ugly guys, as even the bad moments, it's still mm-hmm. worthwhile. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 the hardest thing is when we turn the corner and, can no, and no longer sense that, so, which yeah. is why I always tell people that morale, however you, you know, def- define that, but morale really is the bottom line. You know, for yeah. coming to our, the reservoir of, of, of morale inside us that, that mm-hmm. simply wants to go on because we can. Yes. Tell us one more of a woman this time. Uh, well, I, then I'd have to say, oh, that's a group. Okay, uh, then I'll choose Maria Houston, who wrote a book called Hannah's Gift uh, about losing her two-year-old daughter to cancer, which is mm. about the worst thing that anyone can imagine. Mm. And uh, Maria is a transformed and transformational person. Uh, she went through this terrible ordeal. She lost her daughter. She went into a suicidal depression, uh, but then she realized something about grief. She said grief is an energy, uh, like gravity. It's related to gravity, you know, etymologically. And she said, and it's a, as an energy, it's something that can be shifted and used. Uh, and, and I love that. She also said something great. She said, in any given circumstance, something else is also true. <laughs> which, I, which is something that's uh, become one of my mantras. Something else is also true. We don't necessarily know, you know, obviously what it is. For Maria, the other thing was that she would write this book that would help hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, but she had no, obviously no sense that that was going to happen when, when Hannah was dying. Mm-hmm. So... What did these stories do for you personally, Mark? I know you've been through your own transformation and you've heard these things, but what did what did you gain from writing this book and hearing these stories? I gained confirmation of the human spirit, really, the confirmation of the depth and the power of the human spirit and how miraculous it is that we have the ability to, to, uh, to renew ourselves uh, mm. and to reinvent our, our, our ways of living and, and, and the stories that we live, live by. Um, and, and I just saw, I saw these principles over and over again in, in, in the people that I spoke to, uh, that, that it, it involves staying interested in life, and it involves uh, not... Uh, fearing change, you know, understanding that change is life, you know, and that mm. to fear change is to fear life, like I was just saying. Mm. Uh, and, and, and to me, it's magnificent that, that people can be reduced to such a degree and still grow, you know, grow through the, yeah. the, the process. Rachel Remen, who's a fantastic author and, and has suffered with Crohn's disease yeah, for many she's years. She's amazing. Talk, yeah. yeah she's I had her great, on the show several times. She's an incredible woman. I love Rachel. And what mm. she said, did she tell you the story about walking down the sidewalk in New York and seeing the blades of grass growing up through mm. the concrete? 
and it gave mm-hmm. her she had a vision of this is what strength is like yeah. and this is what strength true strength really is you know it's not macho it's not it's not being able to stand up to anything she said it's being able to crawl on your belly a long long time till you can stand up again which i just thought yeah. was so it's so humane and merciful and 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 beautiful so mm. um yeah all right, so Mark, let's talk about your workshop that's coming up in a couple of weeks at Kripalu, and what will you be teaching in the workshop? What will people learn? Well, I'll be go, I'll be uh, teaching when you're falling dive. Uh, I have a I've, I've put together a list of what what I think of as the principles of resilience that I've taken from my own life, from uh, the people in the book, uh, as well as you know many many years as a as a spiritual seeker. Uh, and so we will we'll be doing we will be writing uh, about our deep experience. Uh, I'll be uh, giving talks on these principles. Uh, there will be really active group work. What I love about these weekends is that it's the relationships that form in these mm-hmm. in these weekends mm-hmm. and the intimacy that can happen mm-hmm. in, in a room full of strangers. Uh, so well, there will be group work, and, and I'll also be uh, working with people one on one. You know, on their their individual uh, issues. But writing is going to be the primary tool. You don't have to be a writer at all, nor do mm-hmm. you have to share your work, but, but that's going to be our primary tool of, of working with the material, you know, looking at the stories and, and our beliefs. And this will be, again, in a couple of weeks, and people can go on to your website, correct, or the Kripalo website as well. Uh, well, actually, the Kripalo is better because they, you know, I mean, if they go to my website, it will just link them through to Kripalo. So uh, going to Kripalo um, directly to register is probably the easiest one-step thing to do. I'm going to read a quick testimonial um, from a woman who's a dancer. Using Mark and his classes as a form of life coaching is what has been working for me on this quest called my life. What happened? Why is it happening now? And how to make it happen for the greater good for me? The more I understand about my past, my behaviors, my feelings, and my stories, the more I'm able to move forward, dropping the unnecessary baggage along the way. Mark has shed so much light on my dark and dirty spots with his astute and introspective questions and interactive questions. The only thing I want from Mark and his classes is more. There you go, Mark. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So what are your closing thoughts? What, if, if people listen to this interview and they get one thing, what is it you want them to get about your book, When You're Falling Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living? Well, it's, it, it may sound corny, but it's love your life. Just love your life and know that this moment is never, ever going to happen again in all eternity. And we go to sleep in our lives. So practicing beginner's mind uh, and, and meeting each moment fresh with gratitude changes, changes everything in my experience. Mm, how wonderful. Yeah. And again... Um, do you also do any courses online? Are there some things online that people can find about your work? Yeah, yeah I do. I actually, that's other than writing books, um, that's mostly what I do is online courses, and folks can go to my website, and I think it's under the tab called Study with Mark, uh, and all my offerings will be there. And I also have things like personal e-study courses that people can use on their own if they, if they prefer to work solo uh, that okay. are using the, quest, kind of the questions that we've been talking about. All right, and again, it's markmatusik.com, M-A-R-K-M-A-T-O-U-S-E-K.com. Mark, thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you, Patricia. It's really fun.
Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this half hour. We're having a whole guest uh, next half hour, so stay right with us right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be back with Alan Fox right after the break. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 